Okay. Welcome back to our fair podcast series, Faithfully Informed, where we talk with faithful Latter-day Saints who are striving to make a positive impact on the world through their work, talents, and callings, who many of you know as the fearless woman working to combat the CES letter. Sarah studied human services, English, and journalism at Utah State University and has been serving as a moderator on Reddit for over four years. Thank you for meeting with me today, Sarah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. And thank you for your patience, everyone, as we've also introduced my son, Liam, to the podcast because he didn't want to take a nap today. So just a faithful Latter-day Saint striving to make the world a better place. Well, Sarah, tell us about your latest work combating the CES letter. How's that going? Um, it, it's going okay. I, I normally put them up every Tuesday on Reddit, and then they get posted on FAIR a little while later. Uh, we are in the last section, I think, starting the, the very last one on Reddit, at least right before his conclusion. So we're finally almost done. So that's exciting. It's been going on for a very long time now. <laughs> wonderful, okay. wonderful. Let's put you down on the floor. Okay. Um, what motivated you to start working as a Latter-day Saint apologetic? I think that's my big question. Um, I, I actually never intended to do that. <laughs> um, we just had a lot of questions on Reddit about the CES letter, and I think everybody knows somebody that's been affected by it in some way by this point. And we, we just get tons and tons and tons of questions, or we'll get trolling comments, you know, telling us to read it as if we haven't already, and even when people are, are just asking questions that are seemingly unrelated, sometimes they'll, they'll quote it as well. So those of us that are a little more familiar with it are aware when they're doing that. <laughs> so it, it's got a pretty big reach. And um, we used to just, uh, you know, there, there are a bunch of rebuttals already. So we would refer those to, to the people who were asking questions about it. And I was reading through them all again, and there are some fantastic ones out there that I, I really enjoy. So, and I was just skimming through them all again, trying to find one that I remembered had answered a question very well. And so I was trying to figure out which one it was so I could refer somebody to it. And it just occurred to me that um, a lot of them are very uh, brief. They're, they're like overviews. And because... Um, They'll, they'll direct people to a larger work, like to a book or something like that. And so um, the the rebuttals themselves that are shared online are just really brief and they don't really go into much detail. And a lot of it is opinion and they don't really link to a lot of sources in, in most cases. So I saw that there was room for something that was a little more comprehensive. And um, so, since we were doing it on Reddit, um, I thought that it was important to have... Uh, to have linkable sources where people would just click on them and, and go to where they wanted to go. Um, just because I, I think that it makes it a lot easier for people to understand what you're saying when you can just click right on it and see exactly what they're saying. And so um, I, I just decided I, I would start doing that. 
my father kind of gave me a couple of nudges telling me that he wanted me to do that, which is a little daunting. I've never done anything like that before. <laughs> so um, I, I thought, you know, maybe five people would read them. You'd get a couple of trolls who would disappear right away and, you know, it'd peter out in about a month because nobody would care. And instead, it's been going for over a year now. So <laughs> it's been a little crazy. Wow, that's awesome. That is so awesome. I think it's awesome that that um, it seems like God's hand has been very much involved in your process and your path. Um, what has been your greatest challenge, I guess, since you started apologetics? Well, um, there have definitely been some subjects I was not very familiar with. Um, for a lot of it, a lot of it was stuff I'd read before. And so I had a bunch of bookmarks saved and things so I could go find them again. But there were other things that I just was kind of learning from scratch. So that was a bit of a challenge in trying to cram it all into something that people would understand and that made sense and that wasn't going to overwhelm them too much, especially with like the book of Abraham stuff. I mean, that gets kind of dense and it gets a little confusing for some people. And um, that one there was so much to cover with that. So that one was, was really difficult. And the polygamy section was really difficult just because that's just a difficult topic in general. And, um, uh, the, the race and the priesthood one, that one is also a very difficult subject to talk about. So those are the big ones, I think. Have any of those subjects or your attempt to answer questions in regards to them, have any of them challenged your own testimony? Uh, actually, no. Um, it's actually been the opposite. Um, the, the more that I've studied and the more that I, I've gone through all of these and the more that Heavenly Father has been pointing me towards sources and just helping me out. And, and you know, I, I say a prayer before I write all of them. And thoughts will come into my head and scriptures that I hadn't even thought of and they'll, they'll just all connect. And so, um, because of that, it's actually really actually strengthened my testimony as I've been writing them. I like that you point that out, that you, that you start every segment (laughs) or every challenge, I guess, (laughs) with a prayer. I think that's something that we should all definitely be keeping in mind, whether we're going through a faith crisis or not. Um, if you've got a question or if a friend's got a question or whatever, it should always, the answer that you're seeking should always start with a prayer and keep in mind that the answer you're, you're looking for may not come in that instant or in that moment that you're searching for the answers. I think part of the reason why, um, faith and testimonies get challenged with these types of questions that are, that are posted to, to us as members of the church or as Christians in general is because we, we, seem to think that we can tackle it all on our own <laughs> when really what we need is the help of divinity. And so I, I, I love that. Thank you so much. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, that, that was something else that we, we've kind of been focusing on in, in that series. Cause a lot of people were asking, well, how do you get answers to questions? How do you study with Heavenly Father's help? You know, how, how do you know what is the Holy ghost and what is just you? And so that, that's something else we've been kind of covering along the way as we've been going about it and how to get answers and how to study and how to find what you're looking for. That is perfect. I love that. Um, aside from prayer, how have you 
overcome or how are how else are you pushing through the challenges or the questions that you that you get um or that you're trying to get responses to um there's lots of studying lots of reading and um you know sometimes the prayer doesn't always work the first time so you have to keep at it and um, reading your scriptures is a big one you know i mean they're the, the typical primary answers that people always ask but they definitely help um seeking out people who are more knowledgeable than you and asking them questions is always a, a big one too. I very strongly recommend doing that. <laughs> and um, just, you know, reaching out to other people and seeing if they can help where you're struggling, because we, we all have different strengths and different weaknesses and things that might bother one person will not bother somebody else. And so that they're, they're able to look at it a little bit more objectively and, and help find the answers that maybe you can't see because you're just too close to it and you're too stressed out and you're too worried about it. Thank you. I think it is important that you, that you outsource. They may not be the ones that give you the answer. In fact, I highly like doubt that that person who may be more knowledgeable in a subject is going to give you the answer. It's, it's more of they're going to guide you to the answer. And, and sometimes even the people who are more knowledgeable may not be giving you the information that you're looking for. And I think that's also important because we are talking about the CES letter here. And so yes. we need to remember that like everything has to be taken in context. Everything has to be started with prayer and trust that God's going to show point you to the direction that you need to be in. And, and you have to, your heart has to be in the right place. If you're looking to disprove it, then yeah. you're not going to get the answer that you want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And context is so important because Jeremy, uh, the the author of the letter, just strips everything out of context and he strips quotes out of context and events in church history and all kinds of things. And he just puts it out there and puts the worst, like the, the worst possible spin on it to make it sound just as awful as possible. And putting the context back in and explaining, well, this happened because of this. And this is actually the full quote that says the opposite of what he was claiming it said. Things like that are important and people don't realize just how much he he manipulated it. And so I think it's really important to 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 find that context and put it back in so that you can understand exactly what's going on. Amen. I think that's the case with all apologetics, you know, is recognizing that, you know, no matter what the question is, the question has obviously come to come to the front of somebody's mind because somebody else said something or because, you know, they read something somewhere. And so they're all they're getting is little snippets. It's almost like you're scrolling through your social media feed and you're reading the headlines of everything, but you're not actually reading the, the article. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, Jeremy is, he studied marketing in college and he, he knows how to package things to sell it really well and to get people's attention. And he certainly did that with, with his letter. So I, I think it's important that, that people be able to, to see through that kind of thing and, and know that there's a lot more going on that he is completely leaving out. How do you feel your collegiate education and experiences prepared you for this work you've undertaken? 
Um, well, you know, I, I studied journalism. I've been writing since I was a teenager. And so that helped uh, just because, you know, you have to know how to write and you have to be able to communicate. And, uh, you know, school teaches you how to study. So that has definitely come in handy, you know, being able to get through a lot of material in a short amount of time because, you know, you have to cram for your tests and stuff. And so being able to condense it down to the the important points that that has really been beneficial. I also studied journalism and um, I don't know about you, but one of the biggest critics that I ever get about being a journalist is that you can't trust journalists. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you build credibility for yourself? Even though you aren't a professional journalist, you are in a sense because you are taking on a report, a comprehensive report of, of something of, of, a, of another text. So how, how do you build your credibility with your audience? Um, well, I think honesty is important. You know, I, I tell people up front all the time, you know, I am not an expert on anything. You know, I, I know a little bit about a lot of things, but I, I don't know a lot about much of anything. <laughs> and so I think it's important that people understand, you know, I am just a very normal person and I don't have a lot of training in any of this. And, you know, these are just answers that I have found that work for me. And I also think, you know, I, I, I link to as many sources as possible. And there are usually a, a couple, a dozen at least to, to every post that I do. And I post them twice. So, you know, once during the, the blog post and then once at the end, so people can just click on everything and, and verify what I'm saying. And if they disagree, they, that's fine. You know, I mean, everybody's going to have different answers and different things are going to resonate with different people. But as long as you are searching and you're, you're putting in the work and you're doing it and trying to find those answers yourself, you're going to come to something that helps you reconcile whatever issues you're having. It's perfect. I absolutely and wholeheartedly agree with that, that mindset of, of being completely open and openly honest mm-hmm. to the point where you're like admitting that you're not an expert. I think that's hard for a lot of people to admit that they aren't an expert in something. I do not pretend to be an expert in any of the things that I dapple in. Um, yeah, me and nor should we ever assume that anybody is an expert. Mm-hmm. Even a professor is not a complete expert because they're still learning too. Um, and you know, a, a, a religious, a religious instructor or a family history coordinator, or, you know, a Relief society president or a prophet or whatever, like nobody is an expert at any of the things that they've either been called to or that they're working at because there's no such thing as real, in my opinion, as really being an expert at, at anything, because there's always new and improved ways to do that thing, in my honest opinion. No, I, I agree. And, you know, I think President Nelson is a really wonderful example of that, because even now, he is always still pushing people to learn, and he's learning new things himself, and he's, you know, every time he speaks, he talks about something new that he was he was reading, or he was talking to people and learning about, and I think that's really cool. He sets a wonderful example for us in that area. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. What are your hopes or desired outcomes from the work you're currently doing or undertaking? Uh, well, I, I hope eventually, you know, um, whether it's from anything I'm saying or anything that, you know, any of the other rebuttals that are fantastic that are out there, um, I, I just hope that eventually people start realizing that 
those answers actually are out there. And, you know, those questions have been asked and answered many times over. And that was actually one of the, the points of, of what I was setting out to do was just tell people on my subreddit, you know, they are not unanswered questions. Those answers have been answered for decades. <laughs> you know, there's so many out there. And so it was just to say, here are some of the answers that have been given. So go find your own, you know, but here's a jumping off point. And I think it, it, it is really important that people understand that, you know, it may be new and scary to you, but it, it's not new and scary to anybody, you know, like these are not brand new issues that are coming up. And just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean that the answer hasn't been given. I agree. Speaking of jumping off point, what, what do you think is the jumping off point for you now that you're coming to the last section of the CES letter and you're tackling that? What are, what are you going to do after this? Um, I, I'm going to enjoy having some time off <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Um, after that, I am not really sure. Um, some people at FAIR and I have been talking about um, some future things, projects that we can work on, which is very exciting for me. And um, I guess we'll, we'll just kind of have to see. I, I really wasn't intending to for this to really be anything, and so I never really thought about what, what might come next. So we're well, looking at options. That's awesome. I, I mean, I, I think that what you're doing is, is commendable. It's a huge task to undertake. And um, it was one that I didn't really feel adequate to undertake myself because I tend to be a little bit cynical and I'll be honest, I am, I'm, I'm cynical. And I, and I, the things that some people struggle with, I just don't. And I, I have a hard time being sympathetic. I can be empathetic. I just am not sympathetic sometimes. And I'm almost like, I'm not, I'm not bragging about that in, in any way. I'm just saying, Hey, I'm glad that somebody's doing it because I struggle. I can sit and talk to people and I, you know, ask some questions and whatever, but I actually, you know, not, not throwing mud on somebody's face for thinking or questioning something that I'm like, well, why wouldn't you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like, did you not pay attention in history? Like, da, da, da. and I, and I'm not saying that I would actually openly do that to somebody, but I know that that's how I'm thinking on the inside. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, there have been a couple of times I've gotten a bit salty in, in my responses for sure. Um, especially where it, it, in the plug, polygamy section, uh, Jeremy was going off about how, oh, well, members don't realize that uh, section one, was it 132? Uh, has all of these different like weird rules and things for polygamy. And I was like, well, that's because I haven't read their scriptures. <laughs> and I, I did actually put that in the thing and I felt kind of bad about it afterward, but I was in a bad mood. And so I, I just said it. <laughs> so no one's perfect. No, it, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think, I think that, uh, that makes us more real as apologists, I think, mm -hmm. and not to, again, not to say that that's the acceptable way to do things all the time, but I think every once in a while, kind of being salty <laughs> yeah. and just kind of being like, well, the reason why they don't know is because they don't read their scriptures. 
we actually have a, a really great guy who just moved into our ward and he, he just got called as our, our Sunday school teacher. And, um, I won't name drop cause he is well known in the apologetic community, but anyway, <laughs> and I don't want everybody being like, Oh, so he's in your ward. Um, but, <laughs> um, he, he, he does not refrain from like dropping the mic in Sunday school or in sacrament meeting like he did this last Sunday he just like calls out members of the church as as a whole and as and is basically like look that's not how it works Mm -hmm. that's not how redemption works that's not how the that's not how the atonement works that's not this is how it is and if you don't do it you don't get to do this and (laughs) and it's it's kind of like well they don't read their scriptures and of course they don't know the answer yeah no sometimes you need to hear it you know it it can be a bit of a wake-up call but then, you know, you also get that extreme reaction to President Nelson's uh, lazy learners <laughs> comment that, um, you know, so you have to deal with the fallout sometimes too, but sometimes- there is the fallout. But as long as you, as you, as long as there's a, there's love coming from you, like as you're, <laughs> as you're sharing those things or those rebukes to a certain degree, I think that that can be felt personally. I mean, and people who can't feel that, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I really am. I, I sincerely apologize Yay. if you can't feel the love from us as we're trying to help you strengthen your testimony or find the answers that you're looking for. That's not what we intend when we. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, exactly. And you know, it, it just kills me because Jeremy makes out like he is, you know, he, he's just been struggling with to find these answers for so long and, you know, nobody can give him any answers, but then every time anybody tries to, he just flips out and goes on, he gets so defensive and he just goes on the attack and you're just like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> so um, I, I think it does really speak volumes to where somebody's mindset is when you see how they react to something like that. Right, right. And most importantly, <clears throat> when we do give a response to the CES letter or to somebody who's questioning the doctrines or teachings of the church. Um, I would like to be better <laughs> and promote okay. betterness from all of us um, within the church. I think it's important that we not lose sight of what's most important. And it's not important for us to be right and them to be wrong. It's, it's important for everybody to feel the love of our savior and to know that there that there is a place for them as long as they follow the path of repentance and forgiveness and all those things so that they can experience the same joy of living the gospel that we do. No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, that is really the, the point of everything is to just try and help people when they're struggling and just let them know that, you know, there is hope. And even if you don't have the answers yet, and, you know, we all have unanswered questions. I mean, every person in the church does, but that's okay. You know, you don't need the answers immediately, even if it feels like maybe, you know, things like the CES letter, especially, but even just when you're putting the pressure on yourself, like it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on you to find the answers right away. And if you can't, then you start spiraling, but you know, if you just slow down and just take it slowly and just, you know, remember to breathe and relax and it's okay if you don't have all the answers right away. You know, that's, that's normal. A lot of us don't have the answers to a lot of questions yet. 
So, you know, as long as you can just keep that in perspective, I, I think that really helps a lot of people. I agree. If someone listening today wanted to follow in your footsteps and become an active apologist, what words of wisdom would you share with them? Um, I would just say, you know, um, focus on what you're good at. And for me, I, I, some of my talents, um, Heavenly Father has blessed me with the ability to retain a lot of knowledge when I read it. And so even if I don't remember exactly what it is that I, I have read about something, I'll, I'll remember, oh, I have read something about that. And I remember a couple of keywords or phrases to help me find it again. So as I think when you are focusing on something that you are good at, and you're focusing on areas that you know enough about so where you can talk about it and to, to be able to make sense to other people, then I think that is probably a big, big part of it. And, you know, don't dive into something that you're not really comfortable with. And as always, you know, uh, lean on Heavenly Father and listen to the Spirit while you're doing it. And if something does not feel like the right answer or, you know, the, the best approach, then, you know, you should listen to that and think about what you're doing and think about how it's going to be perceived to other people. And, um, yeah, I, I think I think that's that's pretty much what I would say, just because I, I really have no idea what I'm doing either. I'm just kind of winging it as I go along. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of how we all start with this kind of thing. Well, you, you are a brave, brave woman. You're light years ahead of myself. I feel like I've just barely like got through the surface of, of apologetics. I'm very new to this as well. And I think it's, refreshing also to have so many new young faces coming in and saying no 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 this is what happened this is what we believe and i now i'm going to blast this all over the internet so that people will stop asking the same question (laughs) yeah yeah you know i I, i'm a big fan of strong women who are are faithful in the gospel and everything and you know i I think we need more female voices out there especially because a a lot of apologetics is very male-centered and and very male-dominated and so i think that you know we need more righteous faithful women standing up and saying actually no because you know a lot of women we don't really kind of put ourselves forward and you know take the initiative to do things like that we just kind of react more than be proactive and things like that but you know, Heavenly Father was definitely pushing me into this. And so I think that um, we, we just need to be a little bit more confident in our abilities and put more trust in him. And we need to start putting ourselves out there and we need to start defending our church and our faith and, you know, just explaining how things are. You hear that, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> we need more of you. <laughs> We need more writers. We need more podcasters. We need more um, question answers and just in general, people willing to share their beliefs. And I'm not saying, and we're not, we're not saying go out and knock on doors with a black name tag. No, no. No, their job is to share the gospel. Our job is to defend it. Right. <laughs> so. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and and you're right. I, I think one of, another huge challenge that we're faced with in, in today's society is, 
is women in in Christianity, especially are very misunderstood. They think the world thinks that Christian women are meant to be subjective and, and not, not subjective, um, submissive, excuse me. Christian women are meant to be submissive and, and they don't really have a place and they don't really get to be leaders and they don't really get to, and that's not true. That is absolutely not true. And of all the things that I will definitely be an apologetic for, it is for feminism in Christianity. (laughs) No, me too. Um, Some of my favorite examples in the church and in the scriptures are strong women. And, you know, I, I think especially for a woman in the church where, you know, we don't really know a whole lot about Heavenly Mother, especially, and, and like President Nelson and the rest of the brethren have been very good recently about um, uh, clarifying the the female role within like the priesthood and in the gospel and everything. And that's been a really big help for a lot of women that I know. But, you, you know, I mean, we, we really don't have that that female example of what we can become in the next life because we don't really know much about Heavenly Mother's role in anything. And so having strong, faithful women who stand up here on earth, I think, is very, very beneficial to a lot of us. Thank you. Hopefully we get, like, this wave of women who want to come and join the ranks with us <laughs> i sure hope so i think we, yeah. we need more voices in general but and that's not discrediting any men we want you no, to no, no not at all <laughs> we definitely want everybody who has a testimony of the gospel to come and and to to answer the hard questions yes yeah and defend and defend the 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 basic teachings and principles of the church mm-hmm. and understand that yes sometimes the history of a church or an organization or anything is going to, is going to have some, some dark moments, but you have to recognize that it's not God that is behind those dark moments. It's the imperfect people like you and I have both already admitted to being, (laughs) there are times where we aren't Christ-like and, and we're trying and we're only going to get better. The the more we continue to to be persistent and try. No, I I completely agree. And especially in the early days of the church, it was pretty messy. And a lot of that was because they were learning as they went along too. Like they didn't have that history to look back on and be like, Oh yeah. Um, you know, our, our ancestors went through all this. And so this is how they do it. And the, you know, this is how things are done. And they didn't have that. They were figuring it all out for the first time. And so they made tons of mistakes like we all do. And, you know, you just have to remember they are human and the atonement works for all of us. And, you know, if they had not repented at the time, they surely have by now, you know? <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so wonderful to live in the modern age that we are in. I know that there are um, people in older generations who would disagree with me, but we live in such a wonderful time where uh, the history and, and the understanding of what transpired mm-hmm. um, is, is so much is, is, is coming, is coming to light so much easier. You know, before, before our day, people didn't know about even, even a lot of what happened anciently, right? Because no one, archaeology was, was just a, a, a basic, right. Base level understanding of, of things. And, and that's because histories weren't 
weren't looked into really for, for many, many, many generations, you know, there would, there would be a a falling of a civilization and no one really ever talked about it after, Mm -hmm. because it was only ever the victors, whoever really told the story. And now we're, now we're saying, Hey, let's look at all the stories because that's going to help us understand how to make the world a better place. I would hope. No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, I mean, we're living in a day, you know, there, there are obviously pitfalls that come with, things like the internet and everything, obviously, but, you know, we are living in a day where we have more information at our fingertips than anybody in the history of the world has ever had. And, you know, we have to use that responsibly and we have to, you know, if there are things that you're struggling with, you have to put in the work and you have to go and find it. And it's so much easier now to find it than it was 20 years ago or 50 years ago or a hundred years ago. And, you know, the the world is getting to be a a much smaller place. Right. Because our understandings are becoming bigger. And that's, I think the important part that we remember is because of the information that we have, it's not necessarily that we're like, Oh, actually (laughs) surprise. We knew this all along. Sometimes it's, well, we, we did know this all along, Mm -hmm. but we didn't actually have a way to share it publicly. In, in a way that everybody had access to it before we were, we were before the information age, we were, we were, we were trapped on paper and ink mm-hmm. and you had to buy the paper and ink in order for you to read what was on it. And and now it's like the internet's free. So, well, free. <laughs> the information on the internet is free. Yes. The information on the internet is free for the most part. And, um, and now, now, and and I think that's, that's why, that's why our work is so important now. And mm-hmm. and the, what the work that you're doing is even more important because now people are expecting the rising generation, especially is expecting the information to be there. Mm-hmm. And all they're finding is the, the clouded versions of the history and it's not the whole history you know, whether it's what happened between the saints and this tribe of native Americans, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, there's lots of those stories. There yes. are lots of them. And my heart breaks every time I read them. Oh no. I is- have ancestors who participated and it, and it bothers me, but, and when I say participated, it, it was more like a hands-off participation, but still like nobody actually like actively said, no, we shouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my ancestors, uh, you know, signed the Danite manifesto and participated in all of that. And I was like, Oh dear. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but we're not, you know, we can't, we can't atone for yeah. the transgressions of those who came before us as, as much as I would like to, in some way, shape or form, make up for the, the hurt and the pain and the, the distrust that has stemmed from, from my cultural segment of the world, my culture, my belief system. Right. I, I, you know, I also can't be mad as a, as a descendant of, of other cultures whose, whose entire system of belief was trampled by, you know, Catholicism. I can't, I can't be mad at the Roman Catholic church. I can't be mad at the church of England. I can't because you know, now I, I have the full truth available to me. And I also now, thanks to archeology span and history and, and, and people going out and trying to find the answers. I know what happened to my ancestors. I know what happened and I know what they believed. I don't necessarily have to believe the same thing that they did. I don't have to live the same way that they did. And I, and I can feel 
sorrowful because of how they were treated or how they were indoctrinated or whatever and forced to live a certain way. But that doesn't mean that I hate, and I don't think anybody should. There, this, it, it, when we when we talk about apologetics, when we talk about apologetics, when we talk about finding the truth, when we talk about sharing the whole truth and being completely honest with each other, that's what it has to come down to. I'm going to share information with you. I may not like it, and you may not like it, but we have to look at it and say, yes, this did happen. But what are we going to do now that we know this information? so that we can, we can build a better future. No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, I mean, their history is always going to be messy, just like the present is always going to be messy. And, you know, you just have to, to learn how to take the good and discard the bad and move forward with, to the best of your ability. And, you know, that's not always very easy for people. And, you know, there's going to be lingering traumas and all kinds of things, but I, I think when you rely on the atonement and you rely on Heavenly Father and the Savior, they help heal you in the best possible ways. And they kind of push you forward in ways that you never really thought that were ever going to be possible without their help. Amen. <laughs> and amen. Um I really appreciate this conversation that you and I have been able to share today. I wish we could just sit here and talk for another hour or two, because I like having these types of conversations where like-minded people can come together and say, Hey, let's make a difference. Let's make it better. Let's, let's change this or let's, let's recognize that this happened and, and move forward. I I've really appreciated this. I look forward so much to the, the future endeavors that you have with fair, without fair on your own. Um, and I hope that um, more and more people are intrigued by the responses that you're, that you're providing to the CES letter um, and, and anything else that you happen to provide for us in the future. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed the conversation too. And this was a, a really fun thing to do. And I hope I can come back someday.